Hello, Jack. Hey, Jason. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm I'm good. I uh, it's besides the fact that I had to stop and get a coffee because I left my coffee mug at my parents' house, and the cashier who was easily nine or ten years younger than me with a septum piercing called me buddy and put me in a weird funk. But other than that, I got nothing to complain about aside from those minor grievances. I think facts started when it all started. It's always okay to punch a Nazi. You're telling me that I can use this phone for more than checking Facebook and Grindr on the go? Fuck you and fuck Mars. Things are the best they've ever been. So the only way to go is down. Oh, I built a straw man argument. Here's the thing though, this shit still stinks. So that's when, that's when women's rights really mattered was back then. A podcast by the people, for the people, and of the people. Speaking of uh, minor grievances, um, I was, uh, did you see last night the um, how there was a big kerfuffle about Trump's tax returns? Yeah, Maddow. And it was... Uh, it was nothing. I can't, I can't take credit for this joke, but I did see someone post uh, MSNBD as in MSN, no big big deal, deal. which I thought was clever because that's about what it was. If anything, it appears to have given more fodder to the masses, which I haven't even begun to delve into yet because I can't stand to see a bunch of people talking about tax law because it is without a doubt just the most most convoluted, complicated elements. I can't even, if you want to be a tax attorney, may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) (sighs) What are we talking about today, Jason? Well, speaking of other minor grievances uh have you heard about the south china sea um i mean i did because that's what i did research on today was that just like serendipitous or was it oh no because you asked me to you were really really ruining the magic today (laughs) uh yes jack i asked you to google and learn about the south china sea um because there is uh well according to what you told me earlier it's been going on for Ever. Ever. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, tell me what you learned. So, hey, let's talk about them. So, the South China Sea is a sea south of China, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few other countries that touch it. I think it's seven of them touch it. But we'll only focus on six for today. Okay. Um. And that's actually even wrong because I have Taiwan written down as its own country. It's not the Republic of, Republic of China. Yeah, yeah. So it's China, Brunei, uh, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Vietnam. And then Taiwan is involved in the kerfuffle, but it's not its own thing. Um, so Indonesia's also in the area, uh, but they don't come up a lot. So <laughs> they're just kind of hanging out. Well, it's just so Indonesia has. It's huge. It actually has its own a bunch of seas south of it. Um, so the South China Sea is to the north, um, and then it kind of goes around like where Vietnam is. There is. like a large landmass with a bunch of islands, then, or is it all I just think, a big yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, because it also shares a landmass with I believe it's Brunei and Malaysia. Huh. Brunei is like a teeny tiny country that just like carved itself out a sliver of Malaysia. Yes. Um, and we will we will touch briefly on Malaysia at the end, but not because necessarily of the South China Sea dispute. Right. This will be in the tinfoil hat conspiracy <laughs> area. Um, so, honestly, a lot of this repeats itself, so I'll get through the history as fast as possible. Um, but let's go way, way back in the way back machine uh, to the thousandth century BC. Um, so, in this area, there was a culture called the Sahyun culture. Um, they lived and thrived in the area we know as Vietnam and the Philippines from like a thousand ish BC to 200 AD. Okay. Um, basically, we know this because their relics can be found in several sites on the coasts um, of the South China Sea, all the way from the Philippines to Taiwan uh, to over where Vietnam is now, like all around the South China Sea. Um, so it suggests that they sailed, settled, and traded around that coast. Okay. Um, so around the 3rd century BC, the South China Sea was claimed by the People's Republic of China on the claim that they had been using one of the island clusters to fish since uh, 200 BC. Um, 
So these island clusters are important. Yes. Um, they're kind of the big thing. The water itself is very important, but the islands are very important to everyone. Um, there's two kind of archipelagos of islands. Um, there's one that's called a the fun word. Paracel Islands. That's like in the North Sea. That's kind of nearer to China and Vietnam. Okay. And then the Spratly Islands yes. are in the south, kind of near the Philippines, Brunei, and Malaysia. Um, so in the 3rd century AD, uh, there were two Chinese books that were published that described the Paracel and the Spratly Islands, and the local government of the Jin dynasties exercised jurisdiction over the islands by sending patrolling naval boats to the surrounding sea areas. Wow. And then kind of China just held on to them for a while, uh, with the use of naval forces, uh, they patrolled the island through the Song State and the Song State of the Southern Dynasties, which goes from about 420 to 479 AD. Okay. Then they placed they actually placed the islands under the administration and authority of the uh, Guangzhou Pro, uh, Prefecture, which is now the Hin, uh, Henan Province. Um, and so, then, so would it be safe to say that China has? had the longest claim of like modernized countries today because the one you first mentioned that's yes, it's not really ish, still around yes right? yes okay um so yeah the they placed it under the jurisdiction of one of their provinces basically and then they even continued holding on uh, through seven more dynasties which is the north and south song dynasties the yuan dynasties and the ming dynasties so then come the vietnamese um, in 1816, the Vietnamese emperor Gia Long ordered a company to the Paracel Islands to make a survey and draw a map. And then, in 1835, they erected a pagoda on the island. Another fun word. Uh, and then 1876, China finally got around to officially documenting its claim to the Paracel Islands. And then 1883, uh, the Spraddles and the Paracels were surveyed by Germany, and then China issued protests. Because Germany came over at that point, and China's like, look, Ooh, this yeah. is going to be a clusterfuck. We don't need you, Ooh, Yeah, these look good, yeah. People. We, will, we like these. We feel, we'll take them. Uh, then there's a little bit of interesting information here. So from 1884 to 1885, the French went to war with China um, over the sovereignty of a part of Vietnam known as Tonkin. It's the Tonkin War. Um, the Chinese. When, when was this? 1885-ish. Okay. There were kind of two accords. There was one in 1884 before the war. How did the um, French get involved? They I don't just, even know. They were just like... I don't even know. The French were just there. But it was... I mean, it, it's the 1800s, kind of that period of colonialism and seeking... It's even a little after that. Well, yeah. That would have been the 1700s. I mean, wasn't, wasn't it Marco Polo who first like established communication or trade with yeah. the Chinese. Yeah. They probably so the saw, French went in there at some point. They probably point. saw him come in and were like, fuck. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, there was early on, there was a treaty that said um, China would pull out of Tonkin. Um, it, and then something about trade was set up, but then they wouldn't, they refused to actually pull out. And the French were like, no, you signed a treaty, man. Like, get out of there. And then China was like, no, but you haven't honored our trade stuff yet. Uh-oh. Um, and so then they went to war. Drama um, But then it, it was like a year of a war. It was 1884 to 85. 1884 to 1885. It was like a, less than a year. China lost. Um, and this was China and France, you said? Yeah. yeah. Then there was the Treaty of uh, Tinsen. Uh so a lot of it was about France saying, hey, we're going to protect these parts of Vietnam. And then China actually, in that treaty, released their claim over Vietnam. Really? Mm-hmm. So the important part is that... Uh, so there was a convention after these treaties were in, settled in 1887. It was between the French and the Qing Empire. And that set the maritime boundary in the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, so... There's a little confusion. Actually, the Wikipedia said both things. It said originally that um, China, that the convention said that China was the owner of the Spratly and Paracel Islands, okay. those archipelagos, but not really. I think what happened is that China thought that since they were not explicitly mentioned as belonging to, like, Vietnam... Then it belonged. It may it meant it belonged to them. Like the treaty said, it belonged to them because it wasn't explicitly said it belonged. Sure. To yeah. No, that's a classic tactic of uh, the United States government as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the the convention set the coastal boundary in the Gulf of Tonkin, basically saying, hey, here's how far out from the shore of Vietnam, Vietnam's like 
territory actually is. Um, and China was just like, well, you didn't say anything about the islands, so I guess those are still ours. Um, it seems fair to me. Yeah. So then the Philippines kind of start coming into this after the Spanish-American War. Okay. Um, 1898. The Philippine Islands were ceded by Spain to the U.S. Okay. Um, after the Spanish-American War. Yeah. Yes. However, the, the U.S. was like, hey, but the, the islands that are near them, which are the Spratly Islands, were not part of the Philippines per the treaty. So again, China's like, well, they're not saying it's anybody else's, so I guess it's still ours. <laughs> Um, 1902, um, the French then wanted to claim the Paracel Islands, um, but China sent naval forces on inspection tours. Um, so this is actually, it's a little interesting. Um, so in 1902, as Philippine sources claimed that several authors writing about the Chinese claim to the Paracel Islands have dated the first official Chinese expeditions to these islands in ni- to 1902. However, none of these writers have been able to show any records of this expedition taking place. In fact, Chinese records show that the expedition never happened. And we'll remember that because we'll get into that a little more later. There's an interesting little tidbit in here. Um, it kind of goes on again. That's the same way. 1907, China sends another naval force uh, to the Paracel Islands. Um, it seems incessant to plan for resource exploration. 1911, uh, the newly reformed Republic of China, uh, successor state to the Qing Dynasty, moves administration of the Paracel Islands to Henan, uh, which would not become a separate Chinese province until 1988. Okay. Um, and then in 1917, Japan kind of entered the fray. They <laughs> exploited guano deposits in the main Spratly Island. And then 10 years later, they made their earliest documented claim to the Paracel and Spratly Islands. So they're like, we want them. We've claimed these in the name of Japan. Because no one actually, the thing about the islands, no one actually really lives there. Right. They're not, actually, most of them aren't even habitable. Yeah, they they seem fairly, from the overhead views I saw, they looked like they couldn't be more than, I don't know, a few miles each at most. Right. They're not, and... So, they're I mean, gonna they're, honestly this whole thing's gonna be fucking moot in like whatever a hundred years when the sea levels rise and sure cover but I, them I would imagine now they would either want them for um, a military right. post or That's for uh, some kind of dr- like drilling thing right also interesting fact I found out because I was curious about when you said Spain uh, gave control of the Philippines to the United States I was like what so apparently Philippines were first colonized by uh, after the discovery by Magellan mm-hmm. and then so um, early colonization started in like the late 1500s, early 1600s, and ended in the Spanish-American War. So almost 300 years. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, interesting. Sorry, man. No, I love the, I love the you're history good. of it. I, I, honestly, I, one of the reasons I wanted to do this one is like, I fucking love history. Yeah, I'm curious. I also want to Google how did the French get involved. I just right. need to find, like, <laughs> French are like, oh, like, you yeah, know, whatever. Um, I think the French had been up there for a little bit because it's kind of the, was the northern tip of what's now Vietnam. Sure, yeah. Um, I think they'd just been there for a while. Um, anyway, there's probably a lot of cool archaeological stuff that hasn't been discovered because the area is so highly right. war. Right. There's probably tons of history there. That's crazy. So in response to Japan saying, we want these, uh, China stated that the Paracel Islands are the southernmost limits of its territory, which the Paracel Islands are the no- most southern archipelago. Okay. Um, Clever. Yeah. Um, is that true? I don't even remember at this point. It's dumb. Uh, yeah. No, the Paris Islands are the northern ones. Because no one really cares about the uh, Prattwell ones or whatever they're called. Prattley? Prattley Islands. Spratly. Spratly. Whatever. <laughs> um, so then, uh, in 1931, fucking France claimed the Paracel Islands. Uh, <laughs> basically the name of Vietnam, kind of. Um... In June of 1937, China... Okay, so this is part... This part's interesting. Okay. So there's a whole theory uh, that... It's because in 19... Like in the 70s, they discovered... China did. Discovered artifacts dating back to the 1902 expedition, the 1912 expedition, the 1921 expedition of these islands. Okay. However, there is... Um, theories, and I'll get to what supports them, that in 1937, there was the chief of Chinese military, Region Number 9, was sent on a secret tour uh, 
Okay. In the four islands of the Amphiridae group of the Paracels. Um, Is this a tinfoil hat conspiracy? No, <laughs> kind of, yes. Okay. But not really. Okay. There's um, evidence. So it w- said that he had, be- he was carrying with him 30 backdated sovereignty markers. Basically, 30 pieces of history. So, like, he went out there and dropped, dropped them out there? Right. Okay. Um, his team buried a total of, again, said he's team buried a total of 12 of them, including three true old markers that had to date 1902. Uh, and then they had a few markers dated 1921 and a couple dated 1912. Okay. Because at least the 1921 and the 1912 expeditions of those islands were pretty well documented. Sure. Um, that they went there. And it wasn't like he could, like, he didn't just hide it behind a door or something where someone obviously would have missed it. Like, right. Oh, we got we forgot this one, guys. Look right. at that. That's so weird. Um, so so it was a secret tour, and there's not a ton of stuff verifying this information. That's crazy. There was only one place I could find that this even happened okay. outside of like Wikipedia. On the Wikipedia page for at this part was like, uh, this this section is filled with unverifiable data and oh, could yeah, be yeah. like. Like, it's so even to, to this day. I'm sure people from Vietnam and what, the whole area go onto that page and, like, change stuff around. Because you can even see it a little bit in that, uh, like, of the infighting. Oh, yeah. It's so interesting. It's probably when you're, like, he's, like watching Facebook disputes in our country about, like, hypothetical situations of what it would be like if certain politicians had won. Those are probably the Facebook discussions over there where they bring up stuff like... All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, well, what about the secret trip where you guys hit a bunch of stuff? Right. It's like, we're not even talking about that. Right. And it's like, well, we're <laughs> not going to forget it. Um, so the, the legitimate, the only legitimate thing we know is because in the years since, uh, we do the, the kind of um, record did come out that they did send someone on a mission in 1937. Okay. Um, and then that between 74 and 79 markers were found. These markers were found. Um, so supposedly the idea that they hid stuff comes from the annex of the 1973 report. So like there was a book that talked about this, the report, but they didn't include the annex. Okay. Which kind of is like, here's all the stuff we brought with us. Okay. And according to the annex, it says that the boat was loaded with the 30 past dated markers. Um, However, none of the markers would have been from 1937 because the mission was confidential. They didn't want to leave behind that they had been there. Um, even the fact that an annex even existed listing those things seems like really bad secret right. planning. Right. You don't le- you don't create verifiable documents. Yeah. That's anyway. that's rule number 1. Um so yeah, basically there's like one place I saw that was like, yeah, no, they planted these, but it was a uh it was on inquirer.net, which is a Philippine uh Philippian website. Uh and it was in the opinion section. Interesting. It's kind of Okay, weird. so this is like and, and so you didn't really find any kind of sources that provided some kind of like solid right. foundation for I, it. I, like a po- apparently the annex was included in a book um, that was released around like I don't even. know And when exactly you said this happened when, like the that end was of the thirties. Uh, what? When, what year is this? Like nineteen thirty nine. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Okay. Um. So it was a book called Compilations of References on the Names of All Our Islands of Non High. Um, it was apparently where this annex had been published. Oh, okay. But I couldn't like something. It innocuous. must have been in Chinese, and I couldn't find the actual book. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. it, to me, it sounds like he didn't try very hard, but that's fine. It, so <laughs> it's out there. Anyway, let's move on. Um, in 1939, Tokyo told the ambassador of France that the Spratly Islands were inhabited by Japanese, were under Japanese jurisdiction, <laughs> and were administratively attached to the territory of Japan. Now piss off. Uh, and they occupied the islands uh, with police. And I mean, then, that's the way to do it. You just, you know, throw someone on there and be like, well, if you don't want us right, here, come take right. it from us. Uh, the dispute over the islands settled down a little during World War II, since, you know, there was other shit going on. Sure, busy. Uh, Japan did occupy the islands in thir- 1939 and then set up military bases on a couple of the islands in both of the ranges and both of the archipelagos. Uh, but on July 2nd, 1925, Woody Island, which uh, I think is... is is in one of the ranges. That was, that one was specifically mentioned in my Woody research, Island, but I'm not sure what Woody it was Island about. is like the only actual like really habitable island. And the Philippines have control of that, don't they? In one of those regions. I forget which one. I guess it was the Or they state claim to it somehow. Right. Interesting. Um 
So then Woody Island surrendered to USS Cabria, which was a submarine from the by the U.S., uh, on November 20th. And then a uh, U.S. Navy recon mission landed on another one of the islands Japan had a base on and found they had already left. Okay. Um, then in, after the war, 1945, the armed forces of the Republic of China accepted the, accepted the surrender of the Japanese garrisons in Taiwan, including the Paracel and Spratly Islands. Uh, China then declared both strings of islands to be part of their uh, Guangdong province. Uh 1946, China established garrisons on an island in the Paracels and an island in the Spratlys. France hated this. Uh, they tried to dislodge the troops from Woody Island, which is in the Paracels. Again, I, so Woody Island's like the only habitable island right. in the Paracels. Out of all of them. Um, they were only at, but they were only able to establish a small camp uh, on Prattle, Paddle Island. Okay. Um, after this... China drew up what is now known as the U-shaped line as part of the Southern Chinese Sea Islands location map, which marks the Spratly and Parasat Islands as being part of the Chinese territory. Uh, also in 1946, the Philippines got its independence, but America had to remind them that the Spratlys were not part of their territory because they were not part of the Philippines per the 1898 treaty when here, they got them from Spain. Here comes America. No, America's like, look, you're free. Those islands are not yours they were not ours they are not yours they were not in the tree yeah don't you can't just there's no riders on this uh yeah and one um, bowl of all brown m&ms please 1950 there were chinese nationalists that were driven from the uh henan province by the people's liberation army and so then they withdrew their garrisons in both the Paracels and the Spratlys. Okay. There's a little war when they were drawn because the Paracels and the Spratlys are part of the henan province do they have? Do these islands play at all into the Korean War that the United States fought? Not really in the Korean War. Vietnam okay. War a little bit. When I can imagine, that. yeah, but um, I've I should have done some research. There wasn't the I, War. in my research. There wasn't any overlap between the Korean War and and the gotcha. South China. Sea. I meant to research Korean Cause War because Korea is a little more. I think it's more in like the north or the west, like East China Sea or something. Okay, um, something like that. 1952, Japan renounced any claims of sovereignty over the archipelagos in accordance with the San Francisco Priest Treaty, uh, and this essentially ended the uh, Japan in the region. Japan just pulled out of the South China Sea entirely. They were like, we're done. Yeah. Well, they got their asses beat pretty hard in World War II, so sure. they, they gave up a lot. Yeah. Uh, 1954. China was a signatory of the Geneva Accords after the First Indochina War. Okay. Uh, French Indochina was split into two con- into three countries, uh, Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And then Vietnam was to be temporarily divided along the 17th parallel. Uh, in October of 1955, the Republic of Vietnam, which is South Vietnam, uh, replaced the state of Vietnam and inherited all of its rights. Nothing was sp- said explicitly about offshore archipelagos, but it was clearly understood by all the parties that the Republic of Vietnam inherited all of the French Indochina's Vietnamese territories under the 17th parallel. Okay. And the Paracel and the Spratly archipelagos were part of the Fr- were part of French Indochina since 1933. Uh, and they were part of the South Vietnam territory. So they became part of the South Vietnam territory. Okay. Uh, the French bestowed its titles, rights, and claims over the two island chains to the Republic of Vietnam. It's like you need like that. So now South Vietnam ha- it has legitimate claims to it because they took all the claims that the French had over it. Who is Pepe Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so fucking complicated. <laughs> um, then in 1956, the North Vietnamese Communist government formally accepted that the Paracel and Spratly Islands were historically Chinese. Okay. So North Vietnam's like, yep, it's China's. Um, but that same year, South Vietnam reopened the abandoned French camp on Shan Hu Island in the Paracels and announced that it had annexed the Paracel Archipelago as well as the Spratlys. Um, it's like a college prank war. Pretty much. <laughs> and then at about the same time, the People's Liberation Army of China reestablished a Chinese garrison on Yangjing Island in the Paracels, while the Republic of China put troops back on Taiping Island in the Spratlys. Everyone's just moving people around those islands. Good lord. In 1956, 
This guy named Cloma. He is a Philipp a Philippine. I already don't like him. Philippine I already don't like lawyer. Him. Okay. Um, he proclaimed the establishment of a new country called Freedom Land. I love it. Uh, in that's, the, that's a Mr. Show skit in as well, I'm pretty sure. the Spratly Islands. Now, here's the thing. I it changed my mind. I love it. It he's turned my, out to just be... Um, it, he, he just wanted to issue postage stamps to collectors. <laughs> what? Yeah. What a lame plan. Uh, Boo. Cloma's announcement of Freedom Land closed, caused both Beijing and Taipei, uh, which Beijing is whatever people's republic of china and taipei is in taiwan and that's like another part it's china's a weird country it's weird I like the way it's all run no longer a fan of cloma um i'm over it they reiterated china's claims to the spratlys after this uh taipei actually sent troops to drive cloma off taiping island um and then its forces are still there <laughs> oh my god to this day. uh cloma's proclamation of freedom land was legal in the philippines because uh as Leadership, Philippi, Philippian leadership noted in its reply to the protests of Cloma's actions, um, the Philippines had made no claim of its own to the Spratlys. So basically, like, we didn't do it. It was all this dude. It was so fucking weird. Oh and he God. just wanted, I think he literally just was like, I want to make a new land. I'll make stamps. That land will be closed. And then the stamps will cost a lot and collectors will pay a lot for them. It's brilliant. <sighs> It seems also like stamps it's, is legal currency too. So I guess you want to make it seems stamps. like a long way to go, but you know it's ingenious. I'll mm. give them points for creativity. So then we're fast forwarding to the seventies now because there's just kind of a lot of that kind of shit going on of like people moving boats around just, areas, just petty territorial pissings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in 1970, China took up occupation of the Amphiridae group of the Parasol Islands. Then in 71, the Philippines announced their claim to the islands adjacent to its territory and the Spratlys. Um, this was after Taiwanese troops attacked a Philippine fishing boat on Ituaba, which is one of the islands in the Spratlys. It almost seems like trolling at this point. Just I know. like wait, wait a couple years and be like, hey, we haven't dicked around with China for a little bit. You guys want to, you just want to say Spratly is ours? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Well, China did attack one of their boats first. Okay, that's fair. But China believes it's their island, so it's like, get out of our area. It seems like everyone does. Right. <laughs> um, in 74, South Vietnam attempted to enforce its claims uh, to sovereignty by placing settlers in the Spratlys and expelling Chinese fishermen from the southwestern Paracels. Uh, of course, there was a fucking battle, and China defeated Vietnam. And then this allowed Beijing to extend its control to the entire Paracel archipelago, where it, not been, where it has not been effectively challenged since. Honestly, a lot of it is over the Spratly Islands, not the Paracels. It seems like it, yeah. Um, you know, I, I do you think... I mean, because, like, how is naming that... You know, like, if, if the islands are small enough that someone could just rename it, imagine if they were like, yeah, well, we're taking the Kerfuffle Islands, and they're like, fine, fuck you, we just want Spratly, and then they show up, and they're like, well, this this is Spratly, and it's like, no, we renamed it Honestly, Kerfuffle, I'm sure ours. a lot of that actually did fucking happen. Right? I just stuck with, like, these names, just so it's not confusing as I can't fuck. even imagine. And imagine how the poor islands feel. They're probably so and confused. And the islands have been renamed so many things so many times. Oh, man, who can keep track? Uh, in February of 75, the communist Vietnamese government reclaimed the Spratly and Paracel archipelagos, effectively taking back its agreement with China in 56. So North Vietnam, remember how they were like, oh yeah, it's China's. They were like, no, we want them now. Uh, however, uh, in June of 78, the president of the Philippines asserted that the islands designated as the Kalayan Cal Island Group, um, which comprised most of the Spratly Islands, by the way. Okay. Uh were subject to sovereignty of the Philippines. And he also claimed an executive economic zone up to 200 nautical miles from the baselines from which the territorial sea is measured. So not only did he say, hey, the, this group of islands, which is called something else, but it's mostly the Spratlys, is ours. And also anything 200 nautical miles from the shore of any of these islands is also ours. Suck it. <laughs> um, then in 1979... Vietnam was united. Uh, instead of being north and south, it was just Vietnam huh. now. It's peace and harmony. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. Mm. Um, <laughs> so then the capital adopted South Vietnam's position that claimed sovereignty over all of the islands in the South China Sea.
uh, China, Malaysia, the Philipp- and the Philippines all hated this and protested it. Uh, and Vietnam resumed vigorous settlement and garrisoning of the Spratleys. Yes. Uh, and then May 8th, 1984, the Philippines ratified the uh, 1982 Third United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Um, and declared themselves an archipelic state. Uh, the Philippines claimed all the Spratly Islands and reefs lying within two, its 200 nautical mile exclusive economic zone, including Mabini. So they were like, well, we're an archipelago, and these islands are part of us. It's ridiculous. There's so much. Uh, that same year, the leader of the People's Republic of China said that one method is that we use force to get these islands back. Another is to shelve the sovereignty issue and co-develop the place. I would. Ex- that seems like acceptable terms. No one has ever thought to read that quote ever again. And someone was just like, what if we work Someone together? read the first part of that. Quote. And was immediately assassinated. <laughs> no, the first part of, let's fight over it. And they were all like, yep. I think there's an addendum there, guys. Something about working together. Yeah, yeah. We're Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Okay, uh, what if we work together? Yeah, but we heard war first, and that seemed like a better option. Our God, mer- I should have put that sentence the other way Look, around. Our, what is? I think there's actually a psychological uh, truism that I've read through surveying that people usually take the first option, the first option presented when two are given, um, as like a comparison of the two. Which uh, you know, maybe the guy who wrote that he had just a murder boner that was raging, and he was like. Well, you know what? I bet if I'm just gonna put war first, I'm just put it in big letters. Hey, we should go to war. Or, or do you guys want to work together? Stupid. We should just go to war. War is way cooler. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Uh, hey, war, war. So in March of 1987, uh, there was a meeting for the Intergovernmental Oceanographic Oceanographic Commission. Uh, China was there, but they noticed a few mistakes in the text of the document. Hmm. For example, it listed Taiwan as a country in the relevant tables contained in the document. Taiwan is not its own country. However, the scientists (laughs) from the Global Sea Level Observing System, which is GLOSS, but that's not how acronyms work. Wait, it's G-L-O-S-S? Yeah, but it's G-S-L-O-S. But they call themselves gloss. They must put C somewhere else. I I can't even try. I don't know. Global level observing C system. I don't know. They just really okay, want it. What is gloss. what is the what is it called? Fully? Global sea level observing system. Okay. Global sea level observing system. Okay. Unless they no no yeah no that makes no sense. Unless they're just not counting C. But no, it's G-L-O-S-S. There's two S's. They just took all of the letters. First of all, here's what they did. Global they... C level. Yes. Observatory system. Yes. So that's G-S-L-O-S. Just loss. Just loss. I think what they God did was it. they took the acronym and then were like, we don't like this. Let's angram it into something we do like. It's an anagram acronym and my eyes are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those the scientists did know that Taiwan was not a own country okay uh and then they also didn't know that the islands in the south china sea were contested territory pay fucking attention you guys we're scientists bro we don't we don't do that war (laughs) shit all right Uh, so they didn't understand that taiwan has an island in the spratly archipelago but the people's republic of china didn't even like they were like someone said that oh yeah taiwan has one like, the paperwork said Taiwan has one, but the People's Republic of China doesn't, even though China does, because Taiwan is part of China. It's They just got very confused. Clever girl. But so basically, with this kind of loophole of, like, Taiwan owns one of these, it's, it's China's kind of whatever. Basically, UNESCO signed off on a uh, uh, plan to build a weather station on the Fiery Cross Reef. Yes. Um, since it was isolated from the other disputed islands. Okay. But it really fucking wasn't. Weather station. <laughs> right. Um, it was inside the Philippines claimed zone. Hey, why are you guys? Why are there nuclear warheads in your weather station? You just you never know. Okay. You, did, are you a meteorologist? Uh, I think it was Get actually, out of here. I think it actually was a wave. 
count or something. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. Um, so then, in March of 88, there was a skirmish, and China defeated a Vietnamese navy in the Johnson uh, South Reef, killing 64 young Vietnamese. That is such an Oriental-sounding name, the Johnson Sound Reef. I know, right? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, uh, is Oriental okay? Is that do I need to put a, a trigger warning for saying that? Uh, I think. I mean, I think it it's is the just Orient, Asian. right? Is it Asian now? Is I mean, Orient? It's, it's South China Sea. It's an Asian. It's a bunch of Asian countries. I apologize to anyone we offended. All of our one. You fans. offended? <laughs> I'm making it correct. So basically, UNESCO is like, hey, you can build stuff over here. The, so China went there, okay. and the and Vietnam and Philippines were pissed about the first one and then because there was a second one they built which was the wave thing okay um and vietnam was mad about it and there was a whole skirmish and china killed like 64 young vietnamese men uh part of vietnam's army but also like unnecessary (laughs) to kill all of them um so it kind of went this way a little bit throughout the 90s uh there's skirmishes and ships being shot because it's going into their water okay um then in 99, President of Taiwan stated that all of the South China Sea and Spratly Islands were Taiwan's territory and denounced actions undertaken there by Malaysia and the Philippines. And then also in 99, a Philippine naval ship ran aground on Second Thomas Shoal in the South China Sea. And when China protested, the Philippines didn't move. <laughs> Deal with it. You just put on sunglasses. <laughs> you just did another fucking visual joke on a audio podcast it's just I, I i have to do stuff for the audience that's here i can't just pander to the people at home and so it's like this for the rest of time it's just up until now one country will stake a claim or one country will take a ship into waters where uh it's shot upon it's just a bunch of little disputes that add up to and and really dick measuring contacts i would you contests. know i have to give props to them for it's because it's been going on for so long that there's it seems that there's never really been an all-out war for that region right it's like been traded back and forth through treaties but it was never like the main cause good for you guys you know <laughs> i mean way to go to just not uh-huh. do an all-out war it's it's probably imminent um oh, but, of course. uh so far so good you know tip of the hat to you um so that <sighs> So as we're recording, China has begun building something on an island in the Paracel Archipelago. Um, satellite images taken March 6th show recent work including land clearing and possible preparation for a harbor uh, to support what experts believe may be an eventual military installation. Thanks, Reuters, for that sentence. Reuters. Reuters. Yeah, actually, I recently made uh, Reuters, Reuters, whatever you want to call it, I did some more research as to what's like the most unbiased like news source that's just kind of right in the middle of the road and Reuters was one of the ones that was suggested. So yeah. that's now my home screen at work. Nice. Sip my coffee and learn about the events of the day that make me nervous to exist. Um, okay, so why? what is so fucking cool about these islands? Basically, South China Sea is one of the primary routes for international trade. Yes. Uh, many people believe that it hides oil. Yes. As well as being full of fish. Oil. Um, also, as we noted above, each claimant attaches a lot of nationalistic symbolic value to the islands. Um, plus, the sea would be a great place of command for a strong military. Hint, hint. Um, so, where will it get better? Well, there's... A little hope. Like, there's precedent for hope. Um, in 2002, Asian, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations <laughs> and no, China no. came together. That to, can't really be what it's called. Yeah, came together to sign the Declaration on the Conduct of Parties in the South China Sea, which was meant to establish a framework for the eventual negotiation of a code of conduct for the South China Sea. Everyone promised to behave and not conduct activities that would complicate or escalate disputes. And it worked for a little bit, for about five years, six years. Uh, Then in May of 2009, uh, Malaysia and Vietnam sent a joint submission to the Commission on the Limits of the Continental Shelf, setting out some of their claims. Uh, In response, China submitted a map containing a nine-dash line with snakes, which snakes around the edges of the South China Sea and encompasses all of the islands as well as a vast majority of its water. However, China has never officially claimed what it's meant to signify. They came out saying like, oh, this is the part that China's gonna take care of. 
But no one's really knows. It's like, okay, are you just talking about the islands? Are you talking about all of the water also? Right. Because um, what's under the water is important as well. Yeah. Um, in 2012, China took over the Scarborough Shoal from the Philippines after allegations of illegal poaching by Chinese fishermen. So basically, China was there poached, uh, poaching, in quotation marks, because the Philippines thought they owned it. Then the Philippines went to a little skirmish over it, and China won. Um, after two months... The parties agreed to each withdraw from the shoal. The Philippines did. China fucking didn't. <laughs> of course not. Which is my favorite part of the whole thing. They're like, you want to leave? Let's just both leave. It's How about it's neither of ours? It's like that suicide pact where only one of them pulls the trigger. Right. It's neither of ours. You, you, we'll leave. We'll, we'll, you get on your boat. We'll get on our boat. We'll leave at the same time. Okay? Okay? Uh. You you go. Your boat's farther, so no, you, you walk. Go, no, you. Why don't you guys go? No. Uh, how about you guys go? No, you go first. ahead and go. Uh, we'll go at the same time. Okay. No, you hang up. No, you hang. No, up. you hang up. No. Why don't you hang up? Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll go. Hey, okay. how come you're not leaving yet? It's my archipelago. <laughs> I forgot something. I'm right behind you. <laughs> I left my cell phone in the bathroom. Uh, so uh, yeah, this is my shoal. You left. Ha. Um. Uh, so, and even now, it's crazy. Last year, there was a civilian aircraft that landed at Firecross Reef, and that pissed off the Vietnamese as it felt it infringed on the sovereignty of Vietnam on the Spartly Archipelago. Uh, China expanded... Who's, who's civilian plane? I don't know. It just just a plane? Some, yeah, just a plane. <laughs> a plane that wasn't... That wasn't Vietnamese? Vietnamese. Okay. Um... China expanded two islands in the Parcells and have built water capture reservoirs and fuel bunkers on one and a helicopter base on the other. Um, and then as of actually yesterday, uh, which I guess when this goes up, like two days ago, uh, Japan plans to send its largest warship on a three-month tour through the sea. The boat is scheduled to make stops in Singapore, Indonesia, the Philippines, and Sri Lanka before joining the uh, Malabar Joint Naval Exercise with Indian and U.S. naval vessels in the Indian Ocean in July. Uh, China seems, like, okay, tepidly okay with it, saying that they're fine as long as it's a normal visit and passing normally through the South China Sea. But we'll see how that fucking plays out. So why don't you tell us more about the resources and stuff that are around the air? Like, what makes this so important? Well, first and foremost, I want to touch on... Well, actually, you know what? I'll do that. I'll just kind of go in order, running through what's going on, and I'll just kind of... Okay, so mainly... um, the South China Sea is disputed, uh, as you just gave us a, a brilliant rundown. Holy shit, my eyes are still crossed. Um, so it's since the, the beginning of time. Yes, um, but like literally since like the second century AD. Um, so we so now we kind of understand uh, the the interests are resource and material driven. Um, it includes uh, exploitation of crude oil and natural gas under the waters of various parts of the South China Sea control of important shipping lanes which can open itself up to taxes and things of that nature as well as uh fishing rights to the area because obviously you know rich and stuff like that so there's been um there's you know been different ways the united nations is trying its best to kind of police the area in a way that's affable to everybody um in july of 2016 there was a tribunal constituted under Annex 7 of the United Nations Convention of the Law of the Sea, UNCLOSE, which is how an acronym is supposed to work. <laughs> that's how they're supposed to work. That's spelled U-N-C-L-O-S. That, or, that's UNCLOSE. It's perfect. Uh, oh, okay, anyway. Um, it ruled against the people or the Philippines' uh, maritime claims in Philippines versus China. Um and although it is not enforceable, and then the PRC does not acknowledge the tribunal nor abide by its ruling, insisting that any resolution should be through bilateral negotiations with other claimants. Um, so it is, uh, I'm sorry, that's the People's Republic of China who didn't acknowledge the tribunal. Right. So they were just like, yeah, I mean, you, that's fine or whatever, but no, we're not, you know, come fight us for it. Um, so rich in oil and natural gas deposits, uh, estimates are varied. Uh the Ministry of Geological Resources and Mining of the People's Republic of China estimated that the South China Sea may contain 17.7 billion tons of crude oil Great. compared to 13 billion tons in Kuwait, so substantial. 
Um, in the years following the announcement by the PRC ministry, the claims regarding the South China Sea islands intensified. However, other sources claim it could only be 7.5 billion or about 1.1 billion tons. Either way, oil. You know? Oil! Yeah. Um, according to the U.S. Energy uh, Information Administration, EIA, also another great example of acronyms working properly, um, the profiles of South China Sea at uh, around 11 billion barrels. PRC figures about 125 billion. Either, I mean, I guess shoot really high and then be disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> you know, my dad always says, if you expect the worst, you'll never be disappointed, and it's it's been a guiding principle throughout my life. So. Um, the South China Sea is dubbed by the People's Republic of China as the second Persian Sea. They, uh, their state-owned offshore exploration corporation had planned to spend 200 billion RMB, which is $30 billion in U.S. currency, in the next 20 years to exploit oil in the region. Um, and then the Philippines began exploring the areas of it um, for oil in the 70s. So the, the knowledge of it being a place with oil has been you know, around for a long time. Um, it's not always been mentioned, but it's always been kind of there. So you talked a little bit about the history of it being, uh, you know, with the dotted line um, and how it was divided up. Um, so when Philippines and Malaysia and other countries began referring to the Spratly Islands of their own, that's when you're starting to see um, Malaysia involvement. And basically this all boils down to um, what's pertinent about it now is that uh, there's been agreements in subsequent years. Um, in 2011, um, there was a uh, agreement between the People's Republic of China, Brunei, Malaysia, Philippines, and Vietnam, um, which are just the preliminary guidelines to help resolve the dispute. Um, is this, I talk, did I touch on that, the 2009? Uh, no, this is 2011. Oh, okay. Um, so um, it was, According to the People's Republic of China's foreign minister, it was an important milestone document for cooperation among China and Asian countries. Asian, the acronym, not Asian countries, which, Jesus Christ. Um, some of the early, I mean, that's a great acronym, but right. it, it also seems like a South Park bit. Like, all the Asian countries named themselves an acronym that spells Asian? That's amazing. Um, so some of the early drafts acknowledge aspects such as marine environmental protection, uh, scientific research, safety of navigation and communication, search and rescue, and combating transnational crime, um, although the issue of oil and natural gas drilling remains unresolved. So, like you said, it's all still kind of up in the air. Everything is going on. Um, so there's been various stages of oil development throughout it. By 2012, Vietnam had concluded some 60 oil, gas, uh, oil and gas exploration and production contracts with various foreign companies. Um, and in 1986, the White Tiger oil field in the South China Sea came into operation, producing 2,000 tons of crude oil per year, um, followed by the Bear and Dragon oil fields. In 2011, Vietnam was the sixth largest oil producer in the Asian Pacific region, although the country is a net oil importer. Um, so it seems that operations are being done with, and you know, it's interesting to like because obviously oil is something that wars are fought over all the time so you can see it seems like everyone's kind of keeping in their sandboxes now but reserves run out and eventually right. they're going to come to and a head you not know everyone is staying explicitly in their sandboxes or at least people get real pissed off when you sure. step near their sandbox yeah i mean it seems like like the fact that uh, i'll save that for conspiracy theory <laughs> um so i mean basically uh i wanted to kind of jump into the non-claimant views because um, China and Russia are kind of friendly about it. And uh, as we know, there's tensions maybe kind of with Russia. Um, I, and so then also that also plays into the United States being a supporter of South Korea, an ally throughout, um, which I'll tie that into the, the training exercises that you were touching on earlier. But um, so basically the United States and China are currently in disagreement over the South China Sea. And it's exacerbated by the fact that the U.S. is not a member of the United Nations Convention of the Law of the Sea. So we're not actually on that board, which kind of makes sense because, I mean, but also not really. I mean, it's we're touched by, you know, on two coasts by major oceans, but it's also not really contested waters at this right, point, you right. know? I mean, so it's sort of be like, you know, if, you know, we're here in Tower Grove South, and it would be like me living in Holly Hills being like, hey, I want to be on the board of directors for Tower Grove South. And it's like, you don't even fucking live here. What do you care? Right. Um, 
So anyway, uh, the United States has stood by its maneuvers, claiming that peaceful surveillance activities and other military activities without permission in a country's exclusive economic zone is allowed under the convention. So basically, by sending their ships in to participate in activities with South uh, Korea and India, it's kind of like they're like, yeah, just... It, they're not super welcome in the area, which is how you talked about China being like, I mean, yeah, as long as you guys are just here doing what the convention allows. Right. Well, the fact that China had something to say about it, like they own the South China Sea, yeah, already says something. Although the people's, yeah, I mean, the People's Republic of China, they own, you know, I think it was nine islands at this point, basically. They have, they have claimed stake to it. Right. But a big part of it is that people... It's very up in, from what I understand, it's very up in the air of who owns the actual sea. Sure, right. That I was mean, that nine dotted line. Exactly. Like, do you own the sea or do you own the islands? And it's so hard to like, I mean, you know, you would have to have either boundaries and buoys or something set up or like constantly be patrolling to make sure no one was like towing the region. It's it's insane. So um, uh, a South China, f- as yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you were raising your hand. A South China Sea free to access... Um, I'm sorry. Additionally, a South China... That's a weird sentence. I don't know why it said that. In relation to the dispute, Secretary Clinton at the time voiced her support, support for fair access by reiterating that freedom of navigation and respect of international law is a matter of national interest to the United States. We, you know, we want to make sure everyone's following the rules. The, well, it's no a one's great trade route. To us. Exactly. It helps us. It's a great trade route. You can hit like eight countries just by pulling into the South China Sea. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great. Um... So uh, China's foreign minister said it was, an, in fact, an attack on China and warned the United States against making the South China Sea an international or multilateral issue. In 2014, President Obama warned China, we believe that international law must be upheld, that freedom of navigation must be preserved, and commerce must not be impeded. Um, so we are trying to just kind of secure our right to dick around in the region right um and we have not signed unclosed and we've accepted all but part nine as customary international law i didn't look into what that was um in response to rex tillerson current secretary of state's comments on blocking access to man-made islands in the south china sea the communist party controlled global times warmed of a large-scale war between the u.s and china saying unless washington plans to wage a large-scale war in the south china sea any other approaches to prevent Chinese access to the islands will be foolish. So tensions are rising in that regard, and I'm going to bring that up to speed of current times. Um, and it, this is from Beijing last year. Um, following talks in Beijing, Russia's Sergei Lavrov and China's Wang Yi expressed op- opposition to the U.S. deployment of an anti-missile system in South Korea and said non-claimants should not take sides in the dispute over maritime territorial claims in the South China Sea. So despite endorsing the United Nations Security Council sanctions against North Korea over its missile launches and nuclear tests, which we're getting to, the two strongly criticized the proposed deployment of the Terminal High Altitude Defense uh, System in the region. Um, So you're kind of asking yourself, well, what's, you know, the United States need to put something that has the capability of reaching the South China Sea in South Korea for as a missile defense system. Um, it was Wang warned that it could add fuel to the fire of an already tense situation and even possibly wreck the regional strategic balance. Um, but they are also calling to uh, restart long-stalled nation talks on ending North Korea's nuclear programs, which has recently been in violation of the United, United Nations sanctions on them. Um, <clears throat> so Putin was scheduled to visit China in June of last year. Uh, Russia has been a leading supplier of imported high-tech weaponry and resources such as oil and gas, while China is a major source of capital investment for projects in Russia. So they're pretty buddy-buddy on the situation. So pissing off China in that region is kind of ipso facto making things tougher for real- with, Russia. with Russia, which things are already kind of tense there. And we will bring that into today where it's uh, kind of conspiracy hattish, but also like shit's just really kind of getting intense with North Korea. And um, it all ties into the fact that some countries who have had minor disputes, more or less, about that region have also been getting into issues with North Korea. Um, I don't know if – there wasn't really any reason to make a whole episode about it, but recently one of the higher-ups of North Korea was assassinated, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be by Malaysian agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with like a toxic right. chemical that he, they, they sprayed on him, more or less. Um, and it's still being investigated and stuff, but 
that's pretty intense. And I mean, Malaysia is tied into, um, you know, it's, I, I think when we, they were, that was previously, no, I'm thinking of Myanmar and Burma. I don't know where Malaysia's at, uh, allies lie. Are we, are we allies with Malaysia? I have no idea. I don't know. Either way, um, basically what happened was on Tuesday, North Korea warned the United States of merciless attacks if an aircraft carrier strike group led by the USS Carl Vinson, which is joining South Korean forces for exercises, infringes on its sovereignty or dignity. So North Korea has upset people recently with two nuclear tests and a string of missile launches since last year. Um, basically, uh, the North States, uh, North Korea's news agency said, if they infringe on the Democratic People's Republic of Korea's sovereignty and dignity even a bit, its army will launch merciless ultra-precision strikes from ground, sea, air, and underwater. So North Korea is just itching for us to do something. Yeah. Like, you know, do something. So where the exercises that are being carried out are being carried out in regions of the South China Sea. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy how it all ties together. Um, uh, Rex Tillerson is due to make his first visit to South Korea this Friday. Um, and last week, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations said President Donald Trump's administration was reevaluating its North Korea strategy and all options are on the table. So it doesn't sound like a diplomatic approach is maybe the highest priority. It's more kind of, well, I mean, it, but at the same time, it doesn't, we're not, a, I don't think that we are intending to strike first. And I believe uh, and much in line of what you said about the what Japan had sent out as far as more being their one of most impressive. I think the Vincent is one of our you know we're right. we're out there I we're out there basically flexing shows our muscles. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, look how big our dicks are. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, I it's you know, I mean, there's I, I've pretty much covered what I want to cover as far as that goes, as far as factual stuff goes. So just to jaw about it for a second, um, I would say it's uh, there are times times and places to do such a thing, and I think we are strongly allied with South Korea in the you know in that region and. We're not, it's not, like you said, China's not super on edge about it, but they are on edge about activity in North Korea at the time. And I think, you know, there's a line between exacerbating an issue and also flexing it. I mean, mm -hmm. especially, I mean, it's not like North Korea is a stranger to the strength of our military. I mean, the Korean War happened. We were the United Nations' main force to repel their invasion into South Korea. Um, so, I mean, it's not like they're strangers to it, but at the same time, Nuclear weapons are nuclear weapons, and, you I, know. I want to take it back to the South China Sea a little bit. Sure. Because North and South Korea aren't actually in that North South China Sea. Um, but the idea that China might be building, like, military bases in the South China Sea yeah. is a little troubling to me. I guess we're in Conspiracy Hat Corner. Tin foil Conspiracy Hat. Sort of, I mean, um, it's, like, but like a it's a of... little troubling because it's such a show of force. It is, and I don't even know if I know he said it a bunch in the like whatever China, 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 but I don't know if China's actually really on our president's radar right now. And, and I think they're he... kind, especially if we're going to be doing this stuff with North Korea right now, kind yeah. of tiptoeing around North Korea. I don't know if there's a bunch of time to really tiptoe around what China's doing. And I honestly think they're making a push to be a huge power. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that... I don't think that means anything immediately right away of, like, war or anything, but... It would be interesting to see if it came to military force for control of the region, how the United States and in, in what way they would implicate themselves, if at all. Right. I, mean, I just... I Part of me feels like, just let it be. It's been like this for so many... For centuries. Right. But at the same time, China seems to be pushing a little bit harder on a couple of things right now that is a little questionable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, building building bases and stuff. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, on a very, in a very strategically advantageous spot. Honestly, it seems to me to be one of the last great strongholds that could be held you know i mean first whoever gains control of that in full strength uncontested or through like actual treaties or something that's like put in paper and recognized by the united nations and everyone else has gained in an impressive resource and military foothold so um it doesn't surprise me that we have our eyes on it um as you know but i think right now it seems that our main idea is to preserve the international law 
it's going to be interesting to see how that is infringed upon because if ever at all because i think that the country who does ultimately take control of it is not going to keep it open to international law you know it's going to become their law Mm -hmm. in congruence with whatever happens right so uh something to keep an eye on but um as always thanks for listening um all right jason you hang up first uh, uh, I'm gonna. Are you leaving the island first, or am I gonna no, leave the island first? No, you hang up first. I'm gonna. I left something uh, by a coconut tree. I'm gonna go grab it, and then I'll meet you. Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh! I totally forgot. I have to fuel up my ship, real quick. <laughs>